Thank you so much, Debbie. Um, I'm going to be asking you to give some proper applause and encouragement to some more people in a second because the reason why we're gathered today, today's a bit of a special Sunday. Um, we are always gathered on Sunday, so it's not special because of that. Um, perhaps because we're outside, it feels also a bit special. But today is especially special because it's the culmination of our summer project week. And Yeah, and I'm going to ask everyone who's been involved with that. I think Debbie did this at the start. But I'm going to ask you to stand up again so we can give you a proper applause. Yeah, let's give them a proper applause. Um, if you are a visitor today, um, it's probably because you've been invited by one of these guys. And that's why I wanted again to recognize them and, and say welcome to you if you are visiting and among us for the first time. Um, it's a great um, Sunday to be together. And I was reflecting on why these guys gave up their week. Some of them gave up their annual leave to do this summer project. Um, we have Maria, who came all the way from Spain to do this summer project week. We, have, we had another lady. I haven't seen her today. Karis. Is Karis? She's, she's already gone back. So she came all the way from Germany to do this this week. And so I was reflecting on why did these guys do it? Jan gave up one of his annual leave weeks. Maria, I'm sure the same thing. Ethan, same. Well, Ethan was on holidays anyway, so free, free pass. But why did they do it? Are they just like kind of good people who like to do good things? Or are they just like crazy people who have nothing better to do with their time? Or is there, is there something more going on? And I guess that's what I want to talk to you about today because I, I think there is something more going on as to why these people did it. Um, and I want to take you back to, for those of you who were last, here last week, for me, it, it touches on why I think they do it. Do you remember when we were praying for them and, about, and just kind of blessing them ahead of the week that, that they had? I came up and said something because God gave me such a clear image of what he wanted to do through these guys. And last Sunday it was, was also a hot Sunday, a bit like today. Um, maybe not as hot, but a bit hot like today. We were inside. We couldn't be outside last Sunday. But our hospitality team had water available as people came in. And everyone who came in just so appreciated that cup of water as they came in. But I told you about, because I was on welcome team last week, there was one special girl, Anastasia, who appreciated that cup of water more than anyone else. As she saw the water, like I said, her eyes literally lit up. And then she said, is that water? And then she took it. <laughs> she was like, and then she finished it. She was like, oh, thank you so much. Isn't, is there anything better than a good cup of water, a nice cold cup of water on a hot day? There's almost nothing better. And when I saw Anastasia do that, I felt the Lord speak to me and say, this is what I want to do through the summer project team. I want to make them like people giving water to thirsty people. I want to make them like people giving, giving, bringing water to a thirsty land, bringing water to a thirsty community. And I shared that. And I hope you guys were encouraged by it. And I hope that as you went through this week, you, 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 you experienced that. You experienced people having that sense of refreshment as you spoke to them, as you met with them. Uh, I know it happened. I, I don't only think. I know it happened because I know that that's what Jesus loves to do. And he promised to do that right at the start of the week. 
And so as I was thinking about what to share today, I thought I would go back to actually, when, when we think about these guys bringing water to a thirsty land or thirsty people, it's because of nothing of themselves. It's not because they look good. It's not because they're tall or short or, or they studied this or studied that. It's really nothing of themselves, but it's because they know the one called Jesus who is the source of living water. And because he lives in them, he's able to work through them to bring water to other thirsty people. And so I wanted to speak to you a bit about Jesus today. And like I said, if you're a visitor today, perhaps you've heard of Jesus. Um, you don't have to be a Christian in this, in this country to have heard of Jesus. Um, I don't know what you make of Jesus. Perhaps you think he's, he's a good guy. You've heard some good things about him or he taught some good things, some good kind of ethics to live by. Perhaps you think he did well to stand up for social justice and things like that. If you speak to some other people here who have known Jesus more personally, they might be able to tell you some other things that they know Jesus to be. A friend, a comforter, a helper, one who has done things that no one else could do, a healer. I wanted to speak to you a bit about that Jesus, because like I said, in some quarters of society, Jesus gets a bad rap. And like I said, again, I could stand here, so many people could stand there and tell you different things about Jesus. But I wanted to look at a passage of scripture where Jesus said something about himself connecting to water. And I loved some of the songs that we've sang today because these guys didn't know that I was going to be preaching about water. But Andy, you chose to sing about spring up or well and rivers of life. And I was like, yes, thank you, Lord. This is what I'm meant to be speaking about today. So there was a day about 2,000 years ago where Jesus was at a feast. It was called the Feast of Booths, the Fe Feast of Tabernacles. It had different names. And um, Israelites from all over the world would come back to Jerusalem and gather to celebrate this feast. This feast lasted a week. And the Bible tells us that on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus did something. Kind of like this is the last, I don't know if it's the greatest day of summer project, but it is the last day of summer project. Jesus got up with crowds and crowds of people gathered, much more than this, I would imagine, tons more than this. Jesus got up and listened to what he said. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus got up among this huge crowd said that. If you've been invited here today, it's great that you're here. But I wanted to tell you that there's a bigger invitation for you today by Jesus. He's saying, just as he said on that day, if you are thirsty, come to me. Like water on a hot day, I will satisfy you. Come and drink the water that I give you. The water that you will drink and never thirst again. 
Jesus said that. So you may be thinking now, okay, so who's Jesus to say this? Who is Jesus to kind of get up and say that? Well, when I thought about it this morning, I thought you really have to be sure of yourself to get up in the middle of a huge crowd like that to say something like that. Because either they're going to stone you or chase you away or, or listen to you. Like there's not many choices if you're going to get up and say something like that. And why was Jesus talking about water? Why did he choose to use this metaphor of water on this day? Like I said, perhaps because it was a hot, dry day like this and he knew that people would connect with that metaphor of water when they were thirsty. Maybe it's that. But I actually think it's something more to do with that actual feast that they were celebrating. The Feast of Booths, like I said. In their language, it's called Sukkoth. It reminds them, it's an annual reminder of the time that the Israelites spent in the desert. From when they came out of Egypt, their journey towards the the promised land. They spent 40 years wandering around in the desert. And you all know what, 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 what a desert is. There's not much water unless by some miraculous provision. And so when Jesus was getting up that day saying, if anyone is thirsty on this day that we are celebrating the feast of being in the wilderness, Jesus was saying that day that I am the one who gives you water in the desert land. Jesus is getting up saying, I am the one who gives you water in the wilderness. And like I said, what a bold bold statement to make, especially if you're someone who people were already seeking to kill or people were already seeking to arrest. By this time, Jesus had said some things and done some things that had got the religious leader quite mad. So he was already, he already had a target on his back. So for him to get up and say this, like I said, very bold. And that shows you that Whatever the people thought of Jesus, many of them were still making up their mind of who they thought Jesus was. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus absolutely knew who he was. Perhaps you're here today and you're in the same place. You're still trying to make up your mind about who Jesus is. Like I said, is he mad? Was he just a madman shouting out mad things? In the middle of a festival. Well, I don't think so because actually that verse that I read to you was from John chapter 7. And earlier on, before those verses that I read, listen to what it said about Jesus. About the middle of the feast. So Jesus shouting out this this thing was at the end of the feast. So some picture the middle of the week. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. The Jews marveled, saying... How is it that this man has learning when he has never studied? So they were saying this guy knows more than even people who have done theology degrees. So he clearly wasn't a madman because even the very people who hated him were saying that he had teaching that was, that was beyond the norm. So we can throw that aspect of is he mad? We can throw that out the park. Here's something else it says about him. Again, in that same chapter, further down, verse 30 and 31. So they were seeking to arrest him, like I said. But no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. 
Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? So Jesus was going about doing miracles. He wasn't just saying good things. He was putting his money where his mouth was. He had the actions to back it up. And he was talking about how resurrection is, is, is a final proof as to what we believed. The miracles that Jesus did are also part of the proofs of, of why we know him to be who he said he was. He was doing things that no one else could do or had done. And again, people who were against him testified to this. They said, if, if he is not the Christ, well, even the Christ, can he do what this, more than this man has done? So again, Jesus was more than a good teacher. He was someone who was doing supernatural things, miraculous things. So like I said, I don't believe that Jesus is just an ordinary man. I don't believe that Jesus is just a good teacher. In the words of... Thank you, Debbie. Someone's going to... Thank you. It's a good point for that to blow away. Because I was about to share, share a quote with you from C.S. Lewis, which... He argues this thing better than I could do. Listen to what C.S. Lewis says. C.S. Lewis says this, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, him being Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of the, sa of the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else he's a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let, let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about he's being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. That's someone much wiser than me. And like I said, articulating much, much clearer than what I was trying to, to articulate about Jesus to you. So I believe I've already said some of the things of why many of the people here gathered today follow Jesus. We follow him because he is the only one that satisfies our thirst. Our thirst for something more. Our thirst for life and life to the full. Our thirst for God. People talk about how every human being has this God-shaped hole in them. Only Jesus satisfies that. So that's why we follow him. Some of us for longer Six years, seven years, perhaps even six weeks. Some of us for much longer. 70 years, 60 years. However long we've been following Jesus, it doesn't make us perfect. We still struggle. We still get sick. Many of us still got COVID when everyone else was getting COVID. But the difference is that we have one who is with us in the midst of all the struggles. We have one who walks with us, who takes our hand, who promised to never leave us or forsake us. Like I said, the one who satisfies our thirst. 
Not the kind of satisfaction where it's like you drink it now, but 10 minutes later, you feel parched again. It's the kind of satisfaction that is ultimate, that is permanent, that is full. As I was trying to think about it, about how to sum it up, um, I, I once heard someone say Christians or believers are like hungry people who have found bread and are now wanting to show other people where to find that bread. And as I was thinking about this metaphor of water, I thought perhaps we could say, we, I am, like someone who has found water. That happened for me when I was 19 years old. I'm 36 years old now. It's the best decision I've ever made. Like I said, it doesn't make me perfect, but it meant that I've had someone with me every single step of the way. So now I'm like someone, when Debbie gave me this opportunity to speak today, I said, thank you, because I, wanna, I want to help others to find this source of living water. So how can you know him? How can you find him? Like I said, you've ha- you have the invitation. And it's like you would receive any other invitation. Ada and I were at a wedding yesterday. When we got that invitation, we had to reply whether we were going to come or not. It was a yes or a no. It's it's the same way to any other invitation. Jesus gives you this invitation. Come to me if you are thirsty. You, You all know that I'm talking beyond physical thirst. If you are thirsty, Jesus gives this invitation to come to him. And all you can do, if that's you, all you have to do to receive that invitation is say, yes, yes, Jesus, I want to come. And in a moment, I'm going to give us that opportunity to do that. Here's what Jesus says will happen when you receive that invitation. I'm going back to the verse that I read because I left out a bit. So here's what the verse says in full. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this water that Jesus was talking about was a promise of the Holy Spirit. A promise of the Holy Spirit. So you received that invitation today. Jesus promises to give you his spirit to help you walk the journey. Because you make that decision today, I guarantee you it's not automatically going to take away all the questions you have. Everything isn't going to be suddenly figured out. Everything that had been going wrong might not just like that start to go right from tomorrow. But Jesus promises to come and live within you, inside of you, by his spirit. And to help you to walk the journey from here on. So I want to give you that opportunity right here, right now. To accept that invitation. If that's you, if you've never accepted that invitation before. Perhaps you've never heard it talked about this way. Perhaps you've heard about Jesus, like I said, but didn't know, hadn't quite fully processed that he is the one that leads us to God our Father, that he is the one that satisfies our thirst. 
I'm just going to give you the opportunity in your own words. I'm just seeing my neighbors go by there. Hi, Chris. Hi, Betty. I just want to give you the opportunity, if you've never done it before, to say, yes, Lord, I want, I want you, because I realize that you are the one that can satisfy my thirst. So, in whatever words, in your own words, I just want to give you that opportunity, whether you're young or old or somewhere in the middle, I want to give you that opportunity to say yes to Jesus now. So, I'm going to keep quiet. Just say it in your own words, and then I'd love to just pray with you and hand back over to Debbie. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you are the one that satisfies us to the uttermost depths of our being, that satisfies our soul, our spirit, that satisfies every need. Thank you. Thank you that you are still doing today what you did all those years ago when you were walking our shores as a human. Thank you that you are still alive today, still inviting anyone who would, anyone who would, to come to you. And so, Lord, for Anyone this morning who has done that, who has said, said yes to you, we celebrate with them. We thank you for them. We pray your blessing and your protection over them. We know that you give them your Holy Spirit to walk with them. Lord, would they also know that they will have brothers and sisters in the faith to walk the journey with them. And so we entrust them to your able hands to keep them from this day, throughout their lives, and into eternity. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.